Hello, this is George, George Prince, the writer and narrator of the tales of Hobgob and Mulch. Welcome back. We're already on volume two. I can't believe it's come around so quickly. But anyway, enough of my rambling. This is the tales of Hobgob and Mulch, volume two, chapter one, The Trolls. In the realm, there was a kingdom. In the kingdom, there was a village. In the village there was an inn, and in that inn two friends, Hobgob the goblin and Mulch the tree, told the tales of their adventures. The Tales of Hobgob and Mulch Hobgob and Mulch were very wet and very tired. They had walked for miles in torrential rain to go to a bodyball match in a neighbouring valley, but had arrived to find nobody there. The match had been cancelled. The rain continued and the distance back home seemed endless. What a rotten day. Eventually they passed through a narrow gully cutting through a rock face. Fountains of water sprayed across the path, forcing them to cover their eyes, or eye in Hobgob's case. Blinded, they almost walked straight into the dwarf, who blocked their way. What is the meaning of this? he bellowed. Hobgob and Mulch leapt back, clasping at one another in surprise. Why do ye approach my domain? demanded the dwarf. Hobgob squirted rainwater from his mouth. We're trying to get home, he stammered. The rain got heavier. The bodyball match was cancelled. Mulch attempted to break the awkward silence. The dwarf didn't respond. His arms were crossed and his bulging biceps rippled with deep blue tattoos. We'd be very happy to, uh, to, to move along and to leave you in peace. Hobgob cast a nervous glance at Mulch and they both shrugged. They fell into single file and moved slowly forward hoping to bypass the dwarf unnoticed. The dwarf drew a huge axe, seemingly from nowhere, and swung it at dizzying speed around his head. He leapt up until he was above them, his mighty blade windmilling weightlessly between his hands. Hobgob and Mulch stared, open-mouthed, mesmerised by his hypnotic axe acrobatics. They no longer noticed the raindrops that pounded down onto them. Do not attempt to pass, or I shall slay ye. With a shattering war cry, The dwarf launched himself and drove his huge axe into a boulder. The rock splintered and split, crumbling under the force. We're sorry, cried Hobgob and Mulch. We're lost and it's cold and it's raining and we're miles from home and there was no body ball match. Silence! The dwarf thrust the handle of his axe against another boulder, causing it to explode. You have trespassed and now you must be. Hand over your coin. Hobgob and Mulch scrambled in pockets and purses. They mustered one battered copper coin a bodyball sock, and a conker. Mulch slowly proffered them with a trembling branch. Insulting, declared the dwarf under his breath. He cast his eye over them, and for the first time they saw him up close. His hair was shaved into a wall that ran from front to back, standing firmly on end. His beard was placid, waving with every movement, and his countless muscles glistened under heavy tattoos. I am Trollbelcher, the Troll Slayer, and this is Rock Slammer. He gazed lovingly at his glistening axe. We Troll Slayers work alone, and have done for centuries. I have wandered these lands in search of trolls, my sworn enemy, and believe that a group is close to this very spot. Trolls? yelped Hobgob and Mulch, terrified. Aye, and big ones. I've been on their trail for days. Normally, if a goblin and a tree offered me a toll as bitter as this, he stamped their feeble offering into the dirt, I'd have wasted no time in slaying them both. But lucky for you, I am hunting bigger game. A uh, game? squeaked Hobgob. Yes, 
game, and I need bait. Trolls are always, always hungry, and will stop at nothing to seize food. When they stop to feast, I will strike. Mighty rock slammer here will make quick work of them. He cast another loving glance at his axe. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Trollbelcher, we're very impressed by your plan and your tattoos, but one detail we wanted to ask about was the, the trolls feasting. What would they be eating? You! And with a rumbling laugh, Trollbelcher forced them to walk in front of him, poking rock slammer towards them whenever they slowed. They had no choice but to stumble forward, moving closer to the trap with every step. Hopgob, hissed Mulch. We have got to get out of this. I know, but he's got us trapped. Hopgob was interrupted as Trollbelcher began a thorough description of troll eating habits. Wild, wild creatures. They will devour anything that moves. They waste no time with manners or preparation, simply tearing the meat apart with huge yellow teeth and filthy gums. He chuckled again. I have seen the bones of many a victim strewn where they have died. Delighted, he continued with his graphic descriptions until calling poor Hobgob and Mulch to a halt. I can smell that foul odour, he whispered. Sniffing deeply, he pointed to a cave. In there. You two walk in and I will wait here. Once I hear your cries of anguish and pain, I will dash in and slay them, avenging you. Hobgob and Mulch looked at each other. Go on then, Trollbelcher raised Rockslammer menacingly. As they stumbled towards the cave, Mulch reached out a branch and clasped Hobgob's hand. I think this is it, sighed Mulch. I think so too. But I can't think of anyone I'd rather face it with. The friends embraced and entered the cave. Inside it was dark and drops of water splashed noisily into puddles. They slipped on slime-covered stones underfoot and moved on into the gloom. Then they heard a sound and they froze. Oh, Hubert, how can you look so cheery when all around you is puddles of dank cave water? My sweet, I know that this is but a temporary arrangement. The moment that thug leaves us alone, we shall exit the stage and return to more salubrious surrounds. A flickering light drew Hobgob and Mulch further into the caves. They peered into a vast chamber of dripping rocks. A fire struggled to stay alight amidst the pools of water, and huddled around it sat three giant trolls. They had all of the features that Hobgob and Mulch had come to expect from the tales that they had heard. Long, bony arms and legs, pointed noses, rows of razor-sharp teeth. But something was different. These trolls did not hunch over and drool. They sat straight. They did not wear ragged furs. They wore tailored dresses and suits. They did not rumble obscenities and swear words. They spoke politely and in a poetic miso that was most pleasant. One of the trolls had opened a large chest and was heaving something out. Bones, tied together with a, with a silk ribbon. Oh, these bones are so very heavy, wheezed the troll. No doubt real bones would have been far lighter. My dear Bertrand, addressed the troll, wearing a splendid purple dress, if they were real, we would have killed, and as creatures of conscience, we cannot kill. Oh, Mildred, replied Bertrand, I love our fellow creature as much as the next troll. I simply wish that we had fashioned these bones from some, some lighter material, perhaps a, a soft wood or similar. Consumed in conversation, Bertrand stood up and his splendid top hat fell from his head. He yelped in panic as it tumbled into the spluttering fire. All three trolls dashed towards the flames, crying out and fussing as they reached in to save the hat. Hobgob and Mulch really had no idea what to think, but they didn't have time to discuss the situation as a blood-curdling cry echoed from the cave entrance. 
The trolls looked at each other. Mildred was the first to speak. My dears, let us move with haste. They tore at their fine clothes, scrambling to replace them with savage rags that they had pulled from the chest. But too late. Troll Belcher burst into the chamber, rock slammer slicing through the air. He stood and stared at the scene. The three trolls had only managed to remove some of their exquisite garments, and stood still clad in much of their finery. After several moments of silence, Troll Belcher blinked and cleared his throat. Still holding Rock Slammer in a tap position, he stepped forward. Hubert moved with a combination of speed and elegance to put himself between the dwarf and the other trolls. My dear fellow, he bowed low, we consider ourselves defeated. I ask only that you accept my surrender and do to me what you will. But please, allow my dear companions to leave unharmed. Bertrand and Mildred sprang forward in protest, all three now insisting that they be sacrificed to spare the others. Trollbelcher did not speak. He stepped towards the trolls and reached up, tugging at the cravat that Hubert had only half succeeded in removing. The red silk scarf floated down, and he held it gently in one hand. Then he lowered Rockslammer to the ground, and with both hands executed a perfect knot around his tree-trunk neck. The trolls looked at him. Gosh, said Mildred, what a splendid match for your tattoos. Bertrand picked up his singed hat and passed it to Trollbelcher. It proved to be an excellent fit, balanced atop his spiked hair. Do you think I could borrow a mirror for a moment, please? he asked. Oh, why, of course, my dear fellow. Bertrand dashed to the trunk and rummaged, drawing out a full-length mirror. He held it in front of the dwarf, who breathed in and admired himself. All four of them started a conversation on the rights and wrongs of waistcoats, as more garments emerged from the chest and Trollbelcher tried them on. Oh, you should join us, invited Mildred. It would appear that we are kindred spirits. Trollbelcher stood proud in top hat and tailcoat. I should like that very much. Thank you. Having been resigned to their grisly fate, Hobgob and Mulch looked at one another in disbelief. Then they glanced again at the happy party and crept away ready to go home before anything else happened. Thank you so much for joining me for the tales of Hobgob and Mulch. To hear about upcoming episodes, please do hit subscribe. Also, you can follow Hobgob and Mulch on Instagram and Twitter, at Hobgob and Mulch, and please leave comments wherever you want to. It's always great to hear from you. All of the stories are written and narrated by me, George Prince, copyright 2020. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.